Hello, and welcome to this episode of Intuitive Journey with Desiree. I am Desiree Holmes-Sharini, your host. And today we're talking about ghosts, spirits. That's right, it's Halloween, and I thought this was the perfect time to talk about something that has really been happening to me personally, and also to share a unique perspective on ghosts and spirits. We all kind of grew up, well, maybe not all of us, but most of us grew up kind of afraid of ghosts and thinking of them as spooky uh, interferers. Or there was Casper the Friendly Ghost. He was always a favorite, right? Uh, but they were some distant, unknown, kind of spooky thing that uh, could harm us or that we should be afraid of. And I'm not quite sure where that changed for me, uh, but um, I stopped thinking of the spiritual world as a separate ghostly thing, but I still had not used the word ghost I was using spiritual, I was using energy, I was uh, studying about how we are all and everything is energy, and even this chair I'm sitting on, this you know, computer or phone that you're watching me on, it, it's actually energy because everything's made up of molecules and atoms and they're vibrating at different speeds. So... What does that mean as far as a spirit goes? Well, a spiritual entity or energetic being is simply vibrating at a higher speed, at a higher frequency than we are. So let's get back to the ghost part. Uh, and then I'll segue back into explaining where all that spiritual energy comes from and what we're talking about today. But uh, my personally, uh, in the last year, I've had information just kind of come to me uh, that wasn't only about pet people that are passed on, but uh, just knowing things. And I've had the opportunity to be around people that I could check that information out with. The messages I've been getting, and I mentioned this on my podcast when talking to Peter Cater, about the, the term, it's the little things, but also the term allowing. And in so many areas of my life, I've been just allowing. Kind of not letting go, but allowing and seeing how things go instead of chasing or striving, perhaps. So the whole allowing thing, I also began to allow myself to open up to messages and check those out so like I said over the last year especially I checked a few things out and they were pretty accurate very accurate I mean perfectly accurate <laughs> and then my mom passes away in July of course I was heartbroken crying sad I still cry you know because I want my mommy right um, but my mom was psychic and she would just know things. And she was afraid of it. And I always thought it was pretty cool to be able to do something like that, to, to uh, harness it, to understand it. 
whereas she grew up uh, in Cuba with a, um, and she was very Catholic. And I think those, that her ability scared her and she never really did want to use it. But uh, so I grew up around that. I grew up around my mom knowing things. And um, so, but it, you know, really, I hadn't experienced it so much myself every now and then. Uh, and, you know, or, or being able to do things or, or guess the role of the die or that sort of thing pretty easily. Um, however, segue forward, when my mom died, I, and I'll tell you these stories here. Um, the day after she died, she came to me and uh, there were these stones in front of her, like a low stone, a medium stone and a stone up to here. And they're all smooth and flat one in front of the other. And she made this motion like this. And this, this happened while I was just waking up and just half asleep. And I will uh, interfere here to explain that when you're half awake, half asleep, that is the same state you're in with deep meditation or hypnosis. And if you've listened to my What is Hypnosis uh, broadcast, then you've learned all about that. But it's the theta state. It's that state where your conscious mind is out of the way. And it's also the state where you can reach your subconscious as well as the superconscious, that information that's out there in that you know, psychic plasma. Anyway, so as I was just waking up, I saw her standing beside my bed, knowing that she was not physically there, but seeing this image with my eyes closed <laughs> and making this motion. And it was something about her bed, and she was telling me to build her up, build her up. Now, I didn't know what that meant at the time. But a couple of days later, my, um, my dad and sister and I were at the cemetery looking for a spot for her. And the man said, well, we have this area over here, or there's that area over there, and we're in the office. And then he says, oh, we do have the new mausoleum. And he puts a picture in front of us, and I understood immediately what she was telling me. This new mausoleum was a structure with smooth, flat stones. And it was, I guess, seven sections high. And at the same time, my dad said, well, your mother never wanted to be buried. She never liked that idea. And I had told them about this vision um, earlier. So we all kind of looked at each other and knew what she was trying to tell me, that she wanted her body in the mausoleum. And, um, and like it's something about her bed, put, put her bed, her final resting place in the mausoleum. And so there she is now on the top floor, um, and hopefully uh, her body or her place of visitation is happy there. Um, so that was one example. Then another episode came, and I'm going to describe the whole thing to you because I found it to be really such a, um, a wonderful opportunity to have this communication and op have these doors open up for me for whatever reason. Um, but a couple months after her death, my dad was saying that he missed her very much and he hadn't had any dreams or anything about her. So I thought, well, I seem to be getting stuff. So on purpose, uh, the next morning, I, you know, before quite waking, I, I asked her, I said, well, mom, do you have any messages for dad? 
And I got from her something about a wooden box with a card or an envelope in it with pink flowers on it. I said, okay. And then I said, well, while I've got you, what's it like there? And uh, she said, it was soft. She says, it's beautiful. She said, she's beautiful. She says, I'm beautiful. And everything's beautiful. And now both my godparents are also passed on just in the last year. And they were best friends with my parents. And I was very close with them too. And so I said, you know, is Anne there? Is George there? And she says, yes, they're here. And my sister as well passed on a few years ago, about five years ago. And I said, is Karen there? And she answered, yes, your sister's here. And then she told me, and Donnie's here. And Donnie was a dog she had before I got, was born. And, um, and then here's, here's the big, like, uh, you know, blow me away comment. She says, everybody's here. You're here too. You just don't know it. And I had to lay there kind of like head spinning on my pillow thinking, what is she saying? Like, what is like, what is this about? And because I'd always believed that we do have a spiritual part of us that is always connected to source. I imagined it as more of a, you know, a thread or a connection of communication between our higher being, God, the universe, source, whatever term you use for that higher, uh, you know, unknown strength or power. And I had not ever considered that all of me wasn't here. And so I, I after this conversation, I had a couple of uh, more confirmations and talk about synchronicity. This is just rolling through that. Um, and I will get to that synchronicity after I finish this little episode of the things she told me, but she said, you're also here. You just don't know it. And um, so following that, I, I had a conversation with my sister and, you know, and she gave a response that I didn't know the answer to, but when I verified it with my dad, that yes, it verified that that is something that um, was her nickname for my big sister. And um, anyway, so it was a really interesting conversation, not, you know, not to mention how it's like, wow, okay, this is, this is strange. So I went to my dad and I told him, you know, well, I asked for a message for you. And she told me there's a wooden box with um, an envelope or a card with pink flowers. And he said, well, we have a wooden chest that has lots of things in it that we've just hung on to. So we go and um, dig through that and old photos, lots of stuff like that, not really saved letters. But as we dig, I find an envelope, a letter from my mother to my father with a border of pink flowers. And it was sent to him when he was out of town and it had returned to sender because it must have reached the hotel after he'd left. And um, it started out with the most, the whole letter was the most perfect message you could try to send to someone from beyond to let them know you're okay and you're in communication. 
And now granted, they were married by like 30 years at this time. So it wasn't, I think it was a little unusual to write such a lovey-dovey letter. But it began with, humorously enough, I really miss you. It's very dull here without you. (laughs) And uh, the whole second page of the letter was dedicated to when they met and fell in love and, uh, you know, were declaring, you know, their love for each other and that they were the only ones. And and she uh, said, if I was there right now, I would hug you and kiss you all over. I miss you and I love you. And can't wait to see you again. And, um, and of course, assigned it, you know, I'm always your only one forever and always. Um, and it was perfect. I like, how do you find this? You know, so this was when she told me this envelope, this wooden you know, box, I, I didn't know what to expect. But to find the evidence that was so specific with the most specific message for my father from her, I knew that I was in communication. And somewhere around there, I went, oh, holy shit, my mom's a ghost. (laughs) Because I hadn't thought of anyone that I knew and loved who's passed on as a ghost before. And you know, that ghost has that connotation, like I said in the beginning, of being spooky or scary. But, you know, not to, to burst your bubble, when you when you tuned into this, you thought you might hear some spooky ghost stories. Well, I only have good ghost stories to tell you here. And also to share a little bit about the how and why and what of the spirit world and ghosts and more on how you and I and everyone here is actually part ghost, part spirit. So to some of you, you know, if you're in that thread where you already feel that way, you already kind of understand that, well, you can turn me off. But if you hadn't really considered this idea before, like I even hadn't really seen it that way until she told me that I'm there too, I just don't know it. I'm in the spirit world too. I just don't know it. Well, in thinking about that, I I mentioned it to another woman uh, and she said, you know, you're only the second person I've heard that directly from that. She had a friend who had had a, I guess, gone through a near death experience and had been in a coma. And when he came back, he said that during his death time that he had gone to the spirit world and that everybody was there. Everybody living or dead was there. His whole soul family, I, as I, you know, it, it gets referred to. And then more synchronicity. Uh, I am currently studying for a, a new modality and certification in a process called life between lives, which is a spiritual regression. And I had, you know, I, I guess I didn't even, I wasn't expecting that it was exactly explaining my um, experience and conversation with my mom. And it is a regression to that in-between world where you're not born again yet, you're, you have not reincarnated, but you are dead. And it's the life between lives, that time 
of what a lot of people talk about review, where you take a little rest between lives as a soul or a spirit. And with further confirmation from the many, many clients that uh, Dr. Michael Newton worked with, he, in his book, talks about the fact that energetically, our energetic being, our soul, our spirit, the major part of it usually comes down into our physical body while we're in it, into our, into our me's, right? But part of it, about 30%, always remains in that realm. We want to call it the spirit world. We want to call it up there with source. But part of it's always there. And part of it comes down here. And between lives, when we pass on, all of it goes up there for a while before reincarnating. And I know, you know, to some of you, you're like, okay, woohoo. But um, I also wondered about reincarnation before I had direct experience being reincarnated, of course, but not that so much. But um, years ago, years and years ago, when my um, youngest daughter was around three, she turned to me and she said, Mommy, I love you. And I'm like, I love you too, honey. And then she said, I like you better than my old mommy. She was the bad mommy with the black hair and she took me to the bad, uh, mean mommy with the black hair and she took me to the bad doctor. And I just looked at this kid who there, you know, she had just, she was with me. She had no, I don't know where she could have made this up, but she said it so casually. Um, and at that age is when children if will remember and still are connected to that past life. They're, they still have memories and don't understand that they're not assimilated yet into this new life completely. Uh, and I do talk about that on um, a little bit on the, the episode about parenting, about children's brainwaves and their imaginary friends might be real and all that because their filter is not closed yet. So that was one first example of me going, oh, this whole reincarnation thing if you talk to somebody who directly experiences a child saying that, then it makes it a whole lot more real. And then, of course, since then, I have had past life regression and had the direct experience of the full feelings and emotions and the naturalness with which, with which I refer to I and the people around me, as opposed to seeing it as some sort of a dream or an observer. It was definitely a different experience. So I'm not going to try to convince you if you're um, critical, but I would try to convince you to consider a past life regression or to look at some of these um, stories of these episodes or to study more about the idea of our life and our transitions that that we are in the spirit world. We go and come from the spirit world and, and our energy as a soul kind of, you know, pretty much stays together and can uh, accumulate knowledge as a soul. And each time you come back, you, it's like going through a new class. So ghosts, spirits, everything's energy. And, you know, this Halloween, go ahead, be scared. Think of scary things, uh, spooky ghosts. Now, as far as, um, 
malcontent spirits, the whole idea of hauntings. Uh, sometimes a spirit or an individual, if, if their death has been traumatic or swift, they may hang around that area. And this is what's considered a haunting, that even, even a spirit or a soul can have confusion and uh, disorientation if the passing wasn't particularly smooth, if it was sudden, unexpected, or dramatic, or traumatic, that they, the spirit or soul may not quite completely go back into the spirit world for uh, processing. And that's where the whole idea of hauntings come along. And sometimes you need a professional who deals with the spirit world to help communicate with the spirit and help them return for some well-needed spiritual regression vacation time. So there are sometimes, um, you know, spiritual entities that will walk the halls and, and, and appear as uh, in the form or shape of who they were in their last lifetime and, of course, that's been proven, too. But for the most part, the ghosts and spirits are simply our dearly departed ones. And the only difference is they're not in a body. They're, and, I, and, you know, before even having this communication with my mom, I always kind of felt like or told myself that it's not like she's gone. You could have just imagined that if, like, I mean, I didn't live with her. She was several miles away. And so just because I didn't see her didn't mean that she wasn't there, right? We can acknowledge that someone exists and someone's there, uh, even if we can't see them. And so, <laughs> you know, it's like um, when when babies are learning the, um, I forgot if this is exactly, exactly the term, but that permanency thing where you hide something and you play peekaboo and they laugh and they're terribly surprised every time they see the face because, well, because they, they don't have that, that uh, you know, uh, thought process that allows them to know that even if you can't see something, it's still there. That's why peekaboo works. Um, so uh, for most of you who are listening to this, your adults and peekaboo shouldn't work with you so much anymore. If someone's passed on, they're not gone. You just can't see them because you're still looking through the lens of this human physical body. And many of us can certainly recall times where we had a sensation or a feeling of an energy or you walk into a room and you don't feel right. You know, maybe the hair on the back of your neck stands up and you want to leave. Or maybe you walk into a room and you feel this wonderful, warm, welcoming sensation. The energy can be there. Also think of this. When a uh, psychic or medium asks for a piece of jewelry or clothing that belonged to somebody, that energy of that person can be imbued into that jewelry from their physical contact. That a little energy rubs off. It, and I know that, you know, you may think, what? But it's true. And that's also the reason that if you buy used jewelry, you should wash it or cleanse it 
or go through some sort of a process, sunshine, something that that helps clear it of the person's uh, energy, unless it was your mother's or grandmother's or sister's or something that you want to carry their energy. And you know, so many people will uh, have that thing where they can put someone's ashes into a vial or a locket. And even though it seems like that may only be uh, sentimental, it can, again, carry that person's energy close to the person wearing it, that that person's energy, a little bit of their remnant energy is still there beside them. Anyway, I just wanted to uh, talk about ghosts, spirits, and actually demystify the whole realm of the spiritual world. It's not that they're gone or, or spooky. It's that their energy vibration has the frequency has raised so much that we can't experience them as physical any longer because we are in a three-dimensional dense body that only can you know usually only usually see dense three-dimensional objects on our material plane but once frequency rises to a certain level then it is invisible to us just like that range of light we can see from this color to this color but it doesn't mean that these light frequencies don't exist because we can't see them and it doesn't mean that these light frequencies don't exist right if you close a door and somebody's still on the other side it doesn't mean that they don't exist it means that material world is in the way of your viewing them so the, think about it if you have somebody you've lost they're not really gone they're they're fine they're there and you're there too and they are surrounded by their loved ones in the spirit world all the time and we are as well but this portion of us can't experience it without one of the reasons i'm going for this uh, new modality certification without a process to help us get there and travel spiritually to that realm and explore it and still be here or deep meditation where evidence comes forth or i guess like me a little bit that that the message meets me in the middle when when my energy is high enough and open enough while i've been in that state and my mom or and i have worked with other people comes down and sends me some information so uh, I've just I've been exploring and studying now more on mediumship because it was not something I ever expected or thought I could but now I, I realize I can and I have delivered messages to people since then practicing and um, learning and I really think it's an amazing opportunity to share information with someone who questions someone who's sad somebody who who wonders you know are they okay and to be able to share the information about yes they're okay along with that evidence of particular things like the you know flower you know bordered envelope in a wooden chest that i had no idea about or uh, another um friend i well it was my close close family friends 
I got uh, from someone else have passed on the message that uh, I saw him writing and that he, he, his writings, he did some writing and his writings were still in the house and he wanted them to go find the writings. I didn't know anything about this. And when I reported it I, um, to the person, they said, yes, he wrote poetry and his poetry is still in a plastic bag in the house. And I, to get that feedback and also to give them that physical evidence that yes, He's talking to you. He's okay. And he wants you to go pull out his, his poetry and read it. And maybe there's a message in there in particular that he wants them to find. So I've yet to hear back on that one. But it's just been um, a great opportunity to be able to share some good messages with people. And here I want to share, don't be afraid of ghosts. Because ghosts are simply you and me. Uh, a little higher vibration and it's who you are when you're not in your body it's who everyone is when they're not in their physical body it's not you know it's pretty darn normal we just don't think of it that way because we are locked in our little bodies and our brains are sometimes in a little box so i invite you to open the lid to your mental box and Start thinking about the spirit world in a more benevolent way. So happy Halloween, and here's wishing you a great day until I see you next time. Bye.